0: This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. Hi and welcome to the show. So in today's episode of the podcast, I'm going to be talking about a topic that comes up over and over again. And it is about how much information should I share for free? So, how much information should I share about what it is that I do, the things that I know, the services that I offer, my area of expertise, how much of that should I put out into the world for free? And is it right to even do anything for free? Is working for free right? Um, Should we be giving away the best stuff that we have when it comes to our businesses? So, just a little bit of background um, to this topic for me personally. So I had, um, when it came to working for free, for many, many years, I had quite a fixed mindset when it came to this. So I am a journalist, still am a journalist, but I've been a journalist for many years. I've been a freelance for years. Um, And one of the things that people, one of the things that I was told to do years ago was to start writing about how to write press releases, how to promote your small business, and to put that information on my website. Now, it wasn't that I wasn't prepared to write and put the information on my website, nor was it that I thought um, there was anything wrong with putting that information out there. I guess with me, it was I was a little bit scared. I was worried about what people might think. I was worried that people might think who was she to say these things to give this advice. So I didn't do it. Um, it wasn't really that I thought I was giving away stuff for free. It was more as a little bit nervous about it. Um, probably subconsciously, one of the things that stood in my way there was that I'd had it drummed into me that you don't work for free when you're a journalist, which is fine. It's fair enough. You don't write for free. Um, So quite often I would have stories that went into um, newspapers or websites over here in the UK and bigger websites would pick up on them and they would rip them off. Um, One of them would uh one of the ones that used to do that all the time would be like the mail online they would see a story in a different newspaper they would find the person on social media they would take their images off social media and they would copy most of the story that was in the newspaper that i'd written it for who were paying me and they put it on their website so it's really frustrating but unfortunately it's part of journalism it's part of how the media works it's part of what they do um it's really hard to um it's really hard to basically have copyright over words um Although it was my my intellectual property, it's really difficult to enforce. I had many, many battles where I tried to get people to pay me that didn't really work out. But another thing that would happen uh, would be there'd be other publications that would get in touch with you and say, we'd really like your story, Rachel, about X, Y, Z. Can we have it? And I would say, yep, let's arrange a fee. And they'd say, oh, no, we don't pay. Now, one of them would be, um, one of them that was notorious for this was the Huffington Post. They just wouldn't pay. Um, So I was really anti Giving away my work for free, so I wouldn't do it, and that's how it worked. Um, now, moving forward um, in 2021, as I'm recording this podcast, I see things differently because now I'm working, helping people promote their small businesses um, and helping people get media coverage, and that's the purpose of this podcast, obviously. Um, so I have to give away quite a lot for free in the first place to get people into to get me. You know, get people get me on people's radars to get people into my world, to get people to, you know, trust me, to get people to know that I know what I'm talking about, to get people to not think that I'm a charlatan. So I have to give a lot of stuff away for free now. And I've completely changed my thinking and my mindset around working for free. Because actually I don't see it as working for free anymore, I see it as marketing my business. So a bit of a long-winded explanation into my personal story but there's a little bit of background there um, on my working for free journey so to speak um, and funnily enough, I've just come off, it's Friday morning, it's the 30th of July, um, I'm recording this podcast a little bit late, but I've just come off a one of my calls that I actually do for free, I do free calls every Friday, not this week because I'm on holiday, but anyway, um, every Friday I have an hour of 15 minute slots where people can come and have a chat with me for free, um, and they can chat to me about publicity, they can chat to me about anything around the topic that I cover. Now, quite often, people who come and have these 15-minute calls will then become clients. So while I am working for free, it does convert into them being a paying client. So I've just had a call with a dog trainer called Laura who wanted some help um, just to have a little bit of a chat about how to get some publicity for her dog walking business. Um, And I gave her lots of tips, lots of information, sent her over a load of links that might be helpful for her. Now, she might go and take that information that I've given to her and she might go and use it and she might never come back. She might never be a client. However, she could take the information that I've given to her and she could think actually i'd like a bit more support from rachel and on that email that i sent to her is where she could book in for a power hour so she can spend an hour on the phone with me getting help specific help for her business personalized support for what she does so that 15 minutes i've given away for free could turn into 147 pound for a power hour or it could turn into she could join a bigger program so that is how it that's you know that's my experience just as it's happened around working for free so Why work for free in the first place? So if you provide a service, particularly if you're a trainer or you have any kind of coaching business, it's really likely people are going to want to know a little bit about you before they buy, before they hit that PayPal button or before they book in with you, they're going to want to know what you're all about. They're going to want to know what your values are, how you work, and um, you know, they might want to know what kind of methods you use. I know there's lots of different training methods when it comes to training dogs. They want to know what your what you know what you stand for, what your values are, the results that you've achieved, and lots, lots more. Now, when it comes to giving away stuff for free, you could you could actually argue that if you were, let's say if you're a dog trainer and you wrote a blog post on your website about one of your clients and their journey, where you talked about the steps that they went through to go from being reactive to being, you know, a a relaxed, um, confident dog. If you shared their story and you shared the process that they went through, some people might argue that you are giving away too much there for free. Now, personally, my thought is, if I've got a reactive dog And I'm looking at three different websites where people are talking about how they can help, potentially help my reactive dog. And I've got one person where they've shared a story about exactly what they did to help a reactive dog. And they've got that brilliant case study. That's going to be the one that I go for. Now, some people might argue that that trainer shouldn't have shared all that information for free. But actually, me reading about their methods and how they work and their success story, that's going to make me book in with that person. So... While it might take a bit of time, it might be a bit of a faff, you might want to make a video, there might be loads of different things that you would do while working for free and creating that content that's going to lead to people buying from you. And in a crowded marketplace, particularly post-COVID, when so many people have taken their businesses online, it's really important that you do this kind of stuff and that you stand out. Now, again, if we use the reactive dog trainer as an example, you might have a free offering, which could be a PDF on how to, um, you know, how to tell if your dog, how to tell the reasons why your dog is reactive. Or you might have a workshop with how to, you know, how to calm your reactive dog. That might be for free on your website. Again, if people are struggling and they want to, they want to sound you out really without going directly to you, they want to work out whether you're the right person for them. Then watching that free video or them consuming that free content by the PDF, that could build that know, like and trust and it could bring them closer to you. It could make you stand out from the competition and it could convert them into being a customer. So that's why I work for free in the first place. And it's a really straightforward example there, but I hope you find that helpful. The next thing I'm going to cover is working for pre, working for free and publicity. So, as you know, if you're a regular listener to the podcast, this podcast is all about publicity and how to raise your profile. And when I talk about publicity, generally I'm talking about being featured in newspapers, magazines, radio, TV, traditional media. But you can also see publicity as being on blogs, being on podcasts as well. That works in exactly the same way. My background is newspapers, so I do always kind of talk about the traditional media first. But... Um, you know, we've got our new media now, now, particularly with blogs and podcasts. If you are, let's say if you train Dachshunds and there's a blog and it's just for Dachshund owners, that's going to be a really good place for you to get some publicity. Or if you, um, let's say if you work only with beagles and there's a podcast which is all about beagles, you being on there um, is going to be brilliant for you reaching beagle owners. So that, that's you know they're the different type of media that we look at now publicity you know why have it in the first place well if we think about the ways that we promote our business we can we can go and give leaflets out in the time where we live we can go around wearing a sandwich board and we might reach you know we might reach hundreds of people who can see what we do in our dog business we might have We might do Facebook. We might put a Facebook post out, and we might have a Facebook page with a thousand followers on, and we obviously put regular content out there all the time. But you're only going to reach a small proportion of those followers because we know how the algorithm works. Facebook only shows what you what you write to certain people. If you have a post that takes off, that's brilliant. But generally speaking, you know, your post is only going to be seen by, you know, if you've got a thousand followers, probably dozens. If you get a hundred, you know, that would be that'd be pretty good going. Now, let's say if you go in your local paper, that is reaching people, you know, on a different scale. Your local paper will probably be read by, if I use the Warrington Guardian as an example, which is my old local paper, that's, they sell around 40,000 copies. Now, bear in mind, one in three people have a dog. Now, let's say out of those 40,000 copy, out of those 40,000 readers, I'm not very good at maths, but around 16,000 will have a dog. So you're going to be reaching 16,000 people who could potentially buy from you. So that's what publicity is all about. Now, let's say if you're going in the Daily Mail, you're reaching 40 million. So that's completely different numbers, I know. But That's why publicity can really help your business because you're reaching so many people in one go. Now, when it comes to getting publicity, you have to work for free. Very few I have very few occasions where people, like pet professionals, are paid for writing articles. There are a few exceptions. So Ali Smith, who's a dog trainer um, over in America, but she was based in Essex beforehand. She's one of my clients. She's been paid to write articles. And there's a few others, but doesn't happen very often. But let's say you want to be in your local paper. You want to have an article in about what you do in your business. You're going to dress it up as something really useful for their readers. So you might be talking about separation anxiety and how, how to help your dog settle in when you go back to work. They're not going to pay you to write that article you're going to have to do it yourself now it might take you a day it might take you a really long time to write that article but that's going to be really worthwhile because using the example that i used before even if it's your local paper you're going to potentially reach thousands tens of thousand of people in one go so yes you're working for free but you're reaching lots of people and that is the that's your payment for working for free Now, one of my contacts, Sue McCabe from Mutamorphosis, she's a dog trainer up here in Newcastle. She once spent a full day filming for something to go on the BBC website, and it was all about um, all about her as an expert, expert dog trainer, sharing advice on how to care for your dog in lockdown. Now, that's obviously a big chunk of Sue's time. However, can you imagine how many people are going to find her on the BBC website and think, "Yep, she sounds like she knows what she's doing. This woman is, you know, she's." blinking great at what she does also can you imagine how many people are going to go and check out sue mccabe and then go and see that she's been on the bbc website like countless times and they're going to be comparing her with other dog owners dog trainers and they're they're going to think actually they're going to be falling over themselves to work with sue so yes she's worked for free she's done that whole day filming with the bbc but look at the rewards that she's going to get from it she's she is a really high profile dog trainer up here in newcastle and that's because she works for free. Uh, Last week, another example, um, Zoe Willingham, who's one of my clients, she's actually one of my VIP clients who works with me one-to-one, and she's also in my coaching program. Zoe runs Best Behaviour Dog Training over in Suffolk, and she's got a new program that's coming out, and a challenge that's going to be happening next week, and it's about how to train your dog to behave in the pub. So as we know, we've not been able to go to the pub for ages, you know, dogs and pubs, they go together like roast beef and yorkshire pudding you know we've got so many brilliant dog friendly pubs here in the uk and we've got all these new dog owners and they want to take their dogs to the pub but they want their dogs to behave in the pub so they're not embarrassed and they want their dogs to have a nice time and they want them to feel confident and feel relaxed and all those things now zoe is doing a challenge for how to teach you know for new dog owners or current dog owners all about how to teach your dog to relax settle behave in the pub now zoe's putting on a free challenge. So she's working for free. She spent a lot of time recording the videos, promoting the challenge, doing the marketing, getting all of the emails together. That's a lot of work. And she also spent an afternoon in the pub with BBC Radio Suffolk, and she recorded a section for a show, and it was all about training dogs to behave in the pub. Now, Zoe has worked for free there. She's been... the pub for the afternoon with the radio presenter she even brought a little dog along jake who is a one-year-old cocker spaniel to help her with the with the show um, and to talk about how they were persuading little jake to go into the pub and to feel confident and to build up his confidence um, in the pub so zoe spent a lot of time there a lot of time for free not only that she's also going to be doing the challenge as well which is a week week's worth of work that she's going to do for free um, but that is definitely going to help her build her reputation as a dog trainer in her area it's a great fun story as well and she's also made that contact with the radio presenter who has seen her as a, like a really fun helpful person so that's going to be really good for her getting booked um, as an expert in the future as well so that half, that half a day of free work is going to be really great um, really great for building, a rep, building her reputation same with Sue um, and there's every chance there's going to be dog owners listening or watching or, or reading the content In both examples, with Zoe and Sue, who could potentially become a client. So, the next thing to think about is how much should you give away in your free content? Now, this is a huge debate. Um, I love going to marketing events and listening to people talk about lots of different things when it comes to content marketing. And lots of experts will say that you should share the why but not the how. So, for example, in my situation, my you know, for me, it might be why you need to send press releases about your pet business. In your situation, let's say if you're a dog trainer, your content might be, let's say if you're writing a blog post, it might be why you need to make sure your dog doesn't bark in the pub. Now, personally, um, I would feel uncomfortable Sharing why you need to send press releases about your pet business. I would feel really uncomfortable saying why you need to send them. So, if I was talking about why you need to send them, I would be talking about you know, you can reach more people, you can build your authority, you can get your business known, you can um, you know, get links to your website, all these different reasons about why. But what I would not like to not be sharing would be the how. Because if I was just telling people why they need to send a press release and uh, it was me reading or listening, I'd feel really short-changed. So I that I would listen to that and I'd hear all this, you know, why you need to do something, but I'd get to the end and think, okay, you've told me why I need to do something, but you've not told me how. I've given, you know, 20 minutes of my life to listening to this, or I've even given, you know, a few minutes of reading, I would feel I would feel a bit miffed. So my personal preference is to share some of the how, but not all of it. So I have... Um, just as an example I've got a how to write your pressure how to write a press release for your pet business I've got a podcast episode and in it I go through every step of the process and I'll link to it in the show notes if you haven't heard it already or you want to go and have a look at it you can do so by every step of the process I talk about how to write Um, an introduction how to write a headline how to build on the story after your intro where you you know you're building up more information about you know what the reader needs to hear how to put quotes into it how to put some additional information into the press release how to put some extra quotes in whether you should include quotes from an organization that can you know corroborate your story or the point that you're trying to make how to end the press release how to put a call to action in how to put an editor's note section in so it's all there it's a complete how but it isn't personalized. So if people want to know the exact how for their business, they can book a call and they pay for that call and I will show them how to write their press release. So just for an example, like Wendy, Wendy Thompson from My Free Cats, she listened to the podcast and she had a go at writing her own press release. And then she booked a power hour um they are now being rebranded as get the press to say yes so it was a power hour consultancy session so she'd already tried to do a press release but she knew that she needed a bit of help she'd listened to the podcast she'd read the blog post she'd had the template and she'd done she'd had a really good go at it herself um But she knew that she wanted some more support. She wanted to make sure that, you know, her time was well spent. She wanted to make sure it got published. So we had the hour together. We wrote the press release. We found some places for her to pitch to. And then she had two pieces of really great publicity. So it was really well worth her investing that time. But if if I hadn't given the initial how to write a press release for your pet business podcast episode, blog post and template, if I'd not put that out into the world... Wendy might never have heard of me. Wendy probably wouldn't have felt compelled to book a session with me. So that free content made that meant that I was able to turn Wendy into a client and she had a really good result from it. So that was be a massive win for both of us. Absolutely over the moon. So if you want to book in one of my get, get the press to say yes sessions, I'll put the link in the show notes and you can do that for you as well. So next, I'm going to tackle a really common response I get when I talk to clients and I talk about sharing helpful information on their websites or on their social media and the response I get is won't people take the free stuff and not want to work with you and the answer to that is a big fat yes so some people may um, and a lot of the content that I cover on my publicity coaching program will be covered in some way in my podcasts And if people want to use that and get press coverage, then that's absolutely fine. And I I can't tell you how much I love it when I get an email or a message from somebody who's taken my free content and they've got into a magazine or into a newspaper or onto a big website. So, for example, Joe Nutkins messaged me this week to tell me that she had been in real people magazine and she'd been in woman magazine now joe has never been a paying client but she's done loads of the free content that i've given loads of stuff from the free challenge and she's had loads of coverage so that's brilliant so you're going to have the people who are going to consume your free content but there is also going to be people who are going to want you. They're going to want more personalised advice. They might want a bit of encouragement, a bit of hand holding. They are going to want to know what you think the pressure release really should be like in my situation for their business. Now, if you're a dog trainer and you've put a, you've put some brilliant content out, you might like I'm going to use Claire Lawrence as an example. She's a dog trainer. She specialises in working with barking dogs. So Claire's got a podcast. She's got I think she's got three books on this topic. Um, but she also helps people one-to-one and online. Now, people could go and read Claire's books, they could go and listen to her podcast, they could get loads of great advice about how to stop their dog from barking, but if they really want the good stuff, they're going to book in with Claire because she's going to give it tailored to them, to their dog. I know one of her clients, Kim from Leo Charlie and Me, she's one of my clients as well, and I know that Leo is doing so much better because he's having support from Claire face-to-face than he would have been if Kim had read a book or read a blog or listened to one of Claire's podcasts, although they are very good because she's getting that bespoke advice. So, you know, in my business, people will join my program because they get the step-by-step tailored plan for them. They get the story ideas. So we have regular calls where I'll say, I've just seen this, or I'll post in my Facebook group and say, I've just seen this in the in the newspaper. You could use this as a story idea. They get me and they get that personalized. Information, bespoke advice for them. They get the feedback. So if they write a press release, they can send it to me and we'll have a call and we'll go through it, or I'll go through it in the group, or we'll go through it in a live QA. They have accountability, they have regular calls with me, and the chance to pick my brain whenever they want to. So it's like with personal training as well. Um, You know, you could follow an online program and you could get really good results, but imagine if you're working with the actual trainer. Face to face with them, where they're saying to you, okay, you know, do 20 burpees or pick up a heavier kettlebell. You're not dilly dallying, you know, looking at your phone while you're supposed to be doing a workout. You're there, they're in front of you. Think about how much better the results would be. So, you might feel a little bit nervous about giving free stuff away and people taking that and not wanting to work with you. Don't worry because the people who really want you, the people who really value you, will still want to work with you. So, what can you achieve by giving stuff away for free? So there is so much to be gained by sharing information for free. And one of the things, um, you know, when I see people say don't share too much for free, I'm always like, oh, no, you, you really should share things for free because, you know, I'm kind of walking the walk here and I know that it works. And that was after years of not doing this. And me, I'm now kicking myself. Um, I'm going to give an example. I'm going to start with an example Um And it's with a lady called Helen Pritchard, who's a business coach. Now, she's a LinkedIn coach. Um, And I'm going to share... um, I was on LinkedIn the other day, and I was chatting to a lady called Nikki Chadwick. Nikki's an artist. She does these amazing, amazing pet portraits, and she has greetings cards, loads of other things. And Nikki was saying, we, we were talking about Helen Pritchard because I did a podcast with Helen. I'll link to it in the show notes if you want to go and check it out. But I'd done a podcast with Helen talking about LinkedIn. And Nikki had shared my podcast and said this is really helpful if you want to, you know, learn more about LinkedIn. So I go on there and I say, Oh Nikki, thanks so much for sharing that. I really appreciate you sharing my content and I'm glad you found it helpful. And she said, No, I, I you know, I love LinkedIn. I found Helen's advice really helpful. She said, I've done her free challenge, and I now get 85% of my business from LinkedIn. Now, I'm not completely sure on this, but I think that Nikki did the free challenge, but I don't think she's done her program. But although she hasn't joined the program and she hasn't become a client of Helen's, how many people do you think she would have recommended Helen's challenges to after having that amazing success with it and now being in a position where she gets 85% of her business from LinkedIn? And how many people will she have? Will I've seen Nikki shouting about this girl and this brilliant challenge, gone and done it themselves and become clients. So again, although, you know, Helen's given away this stuff for free, Nikki may not have become a client. She's still led people towards Helen who then have become clients. It's made Helen become the go-to person because she's out there all the time talking about her thing. And you can become the go-to person as well. If you're out there all the time talking about your thing, sharing useful content around it on your website and social media for your ideal client, you become known for what you do and people who want your thing, who want the personalized stuff from you will come to you and they will pay you for what it is that you have to offer. So becoming the go-to person is such a huge thing that you can achieve by giving stuff away for free. Um, you increase your audience so the more people who know about you the more people can refer you and that leads to increases your bookings and sales so again three years ago i only just started out doing what i do helping pet businesses get publicity but now i have more social media followers i have more people in my facebook group i'm not saying by any by any stretch i'm like a huge guru definitely not a guru i'm not you know i'm not like a big marketing expert or anything like that but more people know about me and it means that when i launch my programs more people Um, will come and sign up, which is brilliant. And that's because I give a lot of stuff away for free, like this podcast. You boost your authority. So again, let's say you want to be known for one thing. You want to be known for training for barking dogs like Claire, grooming for anxious cats like Katie, the cat lady eco-friendly gifts like Sinead from Saffron Portique you need to be out there talking about it so you want to be talking about it on your social media you want to be talking about it in the media you want to be talking about it on your website you want to be getting found on google you need to be talking about it and you are going to have to do that for free because otherwise how are people going to find you but you're boosting your authority you're telling people in real life that you do this one thing and you're also telling google that you do this one thing as well so if you search for publicity for pet businesses you're going to find my website and that's because I boost my authority by doing stuff for free um you build trust as well so people need dozens of touch points now before they buy so years ago i remember seeing a start about how if you want to sell a product or a service you need to a customer your average customer needs to have seven touch points so seven experiences of seeing you seeing that product and moving towards wanting to buy it now it's like dozens because we have you know our lives are so noisy got so much going on, all these different social media platforms, you have to have so many different touch points with a client generally before they buy. But if you're creating content that gives stuff away, that builds that trust, every piece of content is a touch point moving the needle towards the sale. So for example, if you let's say if you let's say if it takes you 12 touch points to get somebody to buy your dog harness, and you write a blog every month, that's going to take you 12 months, isn't it? But if you're writing a blog every week and you're going on podcasts and you're going into magazines or you're getting in your local paper or you're talking about your harness in Facebook groups and doing all these different things, people are moving People are moving towards you quicker. People are getting their credit cards out quicker to buy your thing, aren't they? So I hope that works as an example of how this actually works in real life. And then the other, the final one is... And this is what put me off working for free for so long is you get exposure. Now, exposure doesn't pay the bills, does it? But in the long term, getting, from, getting in front of people's audiences for free will lead you to make sales. So that's what put me off doing stuff for free, working for free. I had a really fixed mindset around working for free for years. Don't make the mistake I made. I thought the only way I could work for free would be to give my my articles I'd written as a journalist away. Now I know there's lots of things I can do for free that are going to help people become clients so do that you know exposure in that sense of the word does pay the bills working for free going and writing stories for huge publications like the Huffington Post that doesn't pay the bills but actually me doing this podcast or going and talking at an event or going and doing a, a free training session in a Facebook group that will bring people closer to me and that will lead to new clients and sales. Final example for you um, I did a talk a guest expert for the APBC which is the association of pet behavior counselors I had to go and double check that um anyway I did a talk for them about the two different types of publicity you can have for your pet business and it was really great I had loads of um, nice feedback on the call and then that night I got an email from a lovely lady who wanted some help um, and she was in talks with potentially going on to a tv program and she just wanted a little bit of support and she booked in for a power hour for 147 and we had a brilliant hour on the phone together where i helped her so going in and doing that free guest expert led to a sale for me another example is i have been a guest expert for dominic hodgson at his um, impact event so i've done the online version last year then did the real life one a couple of years ago um, it was the first thing that I'd ever done, actually, and I was really nervous. And I have to say, I don't think it was very good. Um, it was before the podcast, before my blog, before like any of the stuff I've been doing recently. Um, but that led to, you know, that led to me getting in front of some people who I've then been able to work with as clients. They've joined my membership. They've done my training, my coaching program. So I think I probably made potentially five figures from going and talking for free at that event because it got me in front of those people. So that's my, there's a couple of personal examples for you. um, And I hope that that will inspire you to, you know, not think that you can't work for free. So just to wrap things up, the working for free thing is such a contentious issue. The giving stuff away for free thing is so contentious. And I would love to know your thoughts on it. So do come and let me know what you think. Find me in my free Facebook group, which is publicity tips for pet businesses. Um, You can send me a message on social media. I'm at Rachel Spencer UK on all platforms. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. My thoughts are, I think you'll have got this already, but my thoughts are you should be generous with your knowledge and I feel that you'll get that back. If people want to work with you, they will come and they'll pay to come and work with you because they will want you. One of my things that I would really hate people to say about me that would really upset me is if people said that I wasn't generous, that I was stingy, um, that I was mean. I would really hate that. Um, That's one of my like, oh, I don't want this to happen. So maybe I, I might be a little bit too generous sometimes, but I would rather be generous and get the right, you know, find the right people. So just to reiterate, you can be generous with your knowledge. If people, I give away a lot, but if people want to work with me, they have to pay me. I make that really clear, but I am generous too. The people, you know, this means that, you know, I can be really clear about who I help and who I get the best results for and who I want to work with. And I do that in my free content. And that means I get on the radar of the people who are interested in working with me. And if you do the same, you are also going to get on the radar of people who are interested in how you can help them. And you're going to do that by sharing useful content for free. That means that when they're ready to buy, they know who they go to and that's you. So do let me know your thoughts on this episode and on, you know, giving stuff away for free. I'd love to hear, you know, your take on it. And thank you again so much for tuning into this episode. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.